Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 433 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. Just Adam today for the intro and the interview. Uh, I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation that I had with Joe Polizzi, uh, who is a local Clevelander like I am. Uh, he's massively known in the Cleveland community uh, because he created the Content Marketing Institute. And if you are in the world of marketing, advertising, or communications, anything like that, you may have heard of Content Marketing World, which is um, one of the biggest conferences that goes on every single year. Um, and it's it takes place here in Cleveland. Uh, Joe is a rock star. So when I got pitched the idea to, to chat with Joe about his new novel, The Will to Die, I got really excited uh, because he is one of the people who I have been going to see speak for many, many years. So uh, this conversation started out, of course, about his book, The Will to Die, which is uh, a thriller, mystery type of a book. It's really, uh, I believe he designed it to be a beach read, which is a little ironic at the times, but it's a really good way to uh, pass the time if you're sitting at home right now. Uh, but we end up talking a little bit about content marketing and, and things of that nature because in my day job, I am a marketer here at Overdrive and I couldn't not ask Joe Polizzi questions about marketing. It was really, really fun. Uh, he came into the office and we had a, a great time. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. Uh, there's some other great stuff going on at Overdrive. Um, if you haven't seen, if you were living under a rock over the past four, uh, past week or so, um, Harry Potter at Home is a brand new website that was launched by uh, J.K. Rowling and her team at the Wizarding World. Uh, and what it means is that you can download the Libby app or the Overdrive app or go to your library's Overdrive website uh, all throughout the month of April. And you can borrow the first Harry Potter book as an ebook or an audiobook uh, in several languages without any wait lists or holds. So it's just a really great way to either uh, maybe introduce your young children to the story or reintroduce uh, yourself or just return to Hogwarts. Um, you know, just a really nice way to spend some time going back to a place that we have all loved for uh, many, many years at this point or uh, a way to introduce someone in your family who maybe they haven't read it yet. So that's really exciting. Um, you can also still go to biglibrary.com. You can join the Big Library Digital Book Club. It's another way to stay connected with some people all around the world uh, in all these times when we're sitting at home and we really can't get out and about. So definitely check that out for another week or so. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always find us on Twitter or Instagram at ProBookNerds. You can email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com as well. We'll be happy to give you some book recommendations. Uh, if you are following us on Instagram, you may have noticed that uh, a couple people found our 30-day book challenge at the start of April, and so we uh, reshared the, the image of our 30-day book challenge. So if you want to go in and have some fun on your Instagram stories, uh, you will see how to do that there. Uh, we did that last year, and I got a whole bunch of attention, and it seems that it could resurface, so we've been having some fun. Uh, okay, I think that is just about everything. I'm not going to keep you any longer. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation that I have with Joe Polizzi on the Professional Book Nerds podcast.
everybody, it's Adam, and I am in office today, and I cannot say how excited I am to be joined by Joe Polizzi, who is, quite frankly, and sorry I'm saying this in front of you, a rock star of the world of marketing. He's globally known and respected for his countless speeches, is basically the godfather of content marketing. He is an Amazon best-selling author of several marketing books. He's founded three companies, including Content Marketing Institute, whose website I will literally visit every single day. He's launched dozens of events, including the iconic content marketing world, and his foundation, The Orange Effect, delivers speech therapy and technology services to children in over 25 states. And if that wasn't enough, he's written his debut novel, The Will to Die, which is available now. And I don't know when you sleep, but first off, thank you for joining me today. Oh my God, you're too kind. It's just great to be here in a lovely office and just, uh, we're having a great time. Yeah, I I was joking with you before we started recording, like when I got the pitch, like, hey, do you want to talk to Joe and I was like I have watched you give I've literally at content marketing world I've watched you on the stage in your orange suit giving presentations in front of you know hundreds and hundreds not thousands of people so this is one of those things that's a little bit outside of the book world for me where I was like oh that's a that's like a you're a Cleveland you're like a Cleveland icon man I don't know about that I mean I'm 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 Cleveland marketing popular like us people say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm internet famous. Yeah. So in that little realm, but, uh, you know, I, as you know, I mean, everywhere I go, I'm trying to put Cleveland on the map mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't realize the publishing, even you guys here, yeah. the, the, the publishing expertise we have in mm-hmm. this area, because it's a, a lot of people don't know the history of Cleveland, but there's yeah. so many old B2B publishers that started mm-hmm. here. So you had New York, you had Chicago and you had Cleveland yeah. and what's happened with those journalists at those publishing operations, they started working for companies for big brands. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to see that, uh, you know, that evolution happen. Yeah. And I won't lie. When, like I said, when I got the pitch, my initial, I was like, I'm bringing Joe here. Like, I could have come to you, but I was like, I'm bringing Joe to the office. I wanted you to see all we've got going on. Because you're right, Cleveland is such a, a treasure. We do a thing every two years, a much smaller version of a like content market where we call it Digipalooza, where we bring like five to 600 librarians to Cleveland and we do our own little user conference here. And it's yeah, that exact reason. We're like, we want you guys to see how great our city exactly is. Yeah. bring them and that's the thing you, you have to because if you've never been to Cleveland you talk to somebody who hasn't been to Cleveland they'll be like Cleveland mm-hmm. Are you kidding? then once you get them to Cleveland they're like ah Cleveland yeah now I get it exactly but, but if you, you you only go by what you hear yeah so, so alright let's okay. get into right. your, let's get into your novel first off because I mentioned in the intro the million things that you do with your life and how does first off do you want to kind of introduce the book to our listeners because it's fantastic, but I don't like giving away too much of the plot, so I'll let you do that. Well, shoot, I mean, I, uh, it's funny, I, I do want to say because it's important because this thing would have never existed without my wife. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've, as you said, I've written five marketing books, yeah. and she's never read any of them. <laughs> and I'm like, well, the acknowledgments page. Of course. Well, so, of course. Yeah, she's like, okay, am I, th- does, does, does he say thank you to me a lot? <laughs> mm-hmm. Good. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd really love it if she would read one of my books. Mm-hmm. That would be great. And she loves mysteries and thrillers. Yeah. So I said, I don't know. I mean, I can write, and I've written thousands of blog posts right. and all these books. But, you know, writing a story like uh-huh. a mystery thriller of a Patterson or a Grisham or a Baldacci and all my favorites. Yeah. It's like, okay, can I do that? So I started in 2018, started mm-hmm. to, to get the idea for it, trying to take my background in marketing. I also have a background in 
working at a funeral home. Yeah. So putting all that together, and I finally finished it after many edits in uh, February of 2019. Mm -hmm. And of course, that was the moment, right? I put the <laughs> manuscript in front of my wife, and I'm like, here we go. All right. Now, whether she's lying or not, I don't know. <laughs> but she was ready to say, oh, it's nice. I'm really proud of you yeah. doing it. But she actually finished it, and she said, this is really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're just saying that. Yeah. I mean, you have to say that. We're married. Like, we live with of each course. other. Of course, yeah, absolutely. She said, no, this is, the, this is, she said, I mean, she, I'm not going to say the author. She said, I just read this big time author's uh -huh. thriller, and this is 10 times better than that. I oh, said, you are sick. so full of it. So I said, okay, well, maybe we'll do something with it. So uh -huh. I ended up publishing it. Uh, now, March of, of 2020, The Will to Die mm -hmm. uh, is the name of the book. It's a, it's a mystery thriller, and it's about a, a flawed guy, marketing guy uh -huh. named Will Pollitt. And uh, a lot of things happen to Will at one time. He's really in desperate mode. He's a recovering gambler, and he finds out his father passes away. Mm -hmm. So he rushes home from Cleveland, Ohio, yeah. of course, to Sandusky, Ohio, mm -hmm. which is where his father runs a funeral home. And he sort of has to pick up the pieces, take over the funeral home for his father, and he's getting this sense that his father didn't die of natural causes. Right. And from that moment, what he really, you know, without giving too much away, what he finds out is that the city of Sandusky, Ohio, is harboring a deep, dark secret. Mm -hmm. His father knew about it, sort of passes the word on to him. Yeah. And then Will's in a point where, is he going crazy? Is he going insane? Or is somebody trying to kill him? Yeah. And, you know, it, it kind of goes from that point. Okay, so I want to circle back to the experience in a funeral home. <laughs> that's not a, like, a standard, like... That's not a, oh, yeah, I grew up and I was bagging stuff at a Target. Like, okay, yeah. let's talk about what, what, what is your experience working in a funeral? So, yeah, so my, my grandfather was a funeral director. Okay. And from, it's, it's weird, you know, a lot of people go into funeral homes and they, yeah. you, you feel strange. You're not mm -hmm. used to it. It's, it's uncomfortable for right. a lot of people. I remember my earliest moments as a toddler yeah. running around the funeral home. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, I remember you know my grandfather's older old funeral home, and we would run through the uh, the coffee area mm -hmm. and visitation. And a couple times, I would run out in visitation, and my mom would yank, or my grandma would yank me back. It's like, no, 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 there's you know because <laughs> yeah. a lot of times, like after kindergarten and stuff, yeah, I would spend time there. They yeah. would watch me, uh, and uh, and so all that was very natural. Mm -hmm. And then. I worked there during high school and college yeah. and, you know, did, you know, picked up bodies and delivered flowers and, mm -hmm. and oversaw visitations and did, you know, a little, yeah. I don't want to get too graphic, but if you want to, if you want to yeah. listen to some of that, I talk about a lot of the inside baseball stuff. Yeah. It's not core to the story, but right. it's interesting because if you're a fan of like Six Feet Under mm -hmm. or something like that, it's interesting to get into that because I read a lot of thrillers. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple, but there's not many that really talk about the experiences behind the scenes at a funeral home. Yeah, well, it's such a, it's a very much a niche. You mentioned your, your grandfather, you know, running a funeral home. I, I feel like, for whatever reason, funeral homes do tend to be like a family-run thing. I'm thinking there's a, um, a musical called Fun Home, which actually oh, came, yeah, to, great musical. came to yeah, Cleveland absolutely. a few years ago. Sure. Um, the same thing, like it, I, I don't think there's too many people who have experienced in a funeral home other than like you said those just like kind of horrible moments of grief when you're sitting there and yep. it's an uncomfortable place so to get that background information it, it is it makes for a really fascinating read but I'm curious how, how does one go from funeral home to 
getting into you know content marketing. The, it, the content bar. Oh, it's, it, you know my my path. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, if I go, if I go, I, I graduated undergraduate from Bowling Green State University, mm-hmm. Bowling Green, Ohio, near Toledo. People don't know where that's at. Yeah, and I'm a junior with no major declared. Oh wow! So just put that in perspective yeah. for a second. And I go to my guidance counselor, and I said. I don't, I mean, I don't have a lot of money to stay a fifth year. Mm -hmm. So uh, what do I need to do to graduate on time? And she said, oh, uh, she said, oh, honey, she said, oh, honey, (laughs) you're not going to graduate on time because you haven't declared anything. I'm like, okay, well, what, what, how's the, what's the soonest I can graduate with what major? Yeah. And she said, okay, well, if you become an interpersonal communications major, because you have a lot of public speaking and speech courses Mm -hmm. that you've already taken. You can do one summer and graduate with the other people in your class. I said, sold. Yeah. I'm an interpersonal community. Of course, it fit really well because mm-hmm. I'd done public speaking before yeah. and I enjoyed it. Um, so I became an IPC major and wanted to actually go into sports marketing. Did, a, did an internship with the Cleveland Cavaliers mm-hmm. and I realized that all the money goes to the players and the executives. <laughs> yep. So the person's job that I would have gotten coming out of the internship at the Cleveland Cavs at that time, he was working about 60 to 70 hours a week, mm-hmm. and he made $18,000 a year. Well, thank you. That was, I mean, so this is in the early 90s. Still, it's still not a lot. Of yeah, I was going to say, but still. Make it like, I don't know, three bucks an hour or something yeah. like that. And then, and then from there, went on to Penn State, uh, got my um, uh, communication, master's in communication mm-hmm. there, and through a, a, you know, just fiddling around trying to find it, ended up at yeah. a B2B publishing company in Cleveland called Penton Media, and mm-hmm. that's where I learned the practice of content marketing and totally yeah. fell in love with it. Uh, well, first off, I as you were going through that, our through lines are hilariously parallel. So I went to John Carroll University. Okay, here sure, here great school. Yeah, and uh, I did English and communications as a double major, exact same reason, because I was like, I <laughs> my dad's a salesman. He, my dad owned a, a state farm insurance company for like, 35 years I didn't want to do that my mom's a teacher I'm like, well I'm good at words and I can speak so I'll just do communication so I figure something out and when I graduated I went down to Xavier for my graduate school and I did sports, sports management oh my god! literally did and I exact same thing I came back and I did an internship down there at um, Northern Illinois or Northern Kentucky University and I was like so what is the job prospects down here and they're like no nothing so I came back up here <laughs> And I worked for my dad's insurance company. I sold financial products for about a year. And then I came here to Overdrive. And it was just because I relentlessly sent out my resume to anywhere that had, like, the word communication uh, somewhere. And so, long story short, I have a sports management uh, master's degree that I am never going to use at this book company. But every single thing you were saying. That is pretty darn close. Yeah. Because, of course, you know, I collected baseball cards and loved sports Mm -hmm. as a kid. And I'm like... Oh, what can I do for sports marketing, sports yeah. management? That's it. Yep. Absolutely. Hi, everybody. Want to take a quick break, really quick in the conversation to tell you a little bit about today's sponsor. It's our friends from Literati. Uh, Literati 
is just such a phenomenal resource to have right now with libraries, schools, bookstores all being shut down. Um, you're probably looking, if you've got kids in your family, for a way to keep them learning and growing. And the books that you receive from Literati, the number one book club for kids, is really, it's just the best place to start. Uh, Literati is a subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your kids by delivering great stories straight to your doorstep. Uh, Literati knows that home deliveries right now are going to be critical in meeting your needs for educational materials in, in the coming weeks and maybe even months. So, you know, reading books together is going to be a great way to create a time of adventure and bonding for your family. It has a real educational benefit as well. So kids who are reading books have better vocabularies, they have a better attention span. Um, and the way that this works is that each Literati box contains five beautiful books based on a theme and contains exclusive original art and a personalized note to your child. Uh, the first time that we had Literati as our sponsor, I mentioned that I was able to give this to one of my nieces and seeing her face light up when she saw all the personalized uh, stickers that came in that particular box that she could put on her books. It was just amazing. I have since that time um, put Literati subscriptions out to all of my nieces and nephews, uh, especially in this time right now. My my sister is currently homeschooling four kids under 13, and she's constantly looking for ways to entertain them. And so Literati is something that you know, she was looking forward to getting their box and having books that they can take a look at and dive into and have a whole bunch of fun. So it's a really, really great way for people to have something, something to look forward to. Uh, I actually, one of my other nieces, I FaceTimed with her earlier in the week and read her a nighttime story from one of her literati boxes. So it's just a nice way to bond with uh, nieces and nephews that I'm, I'm really missing a lot. It was just a really cool way to stay connected. So for a limited time, you can go to literati.com slash probooknerds for 25% off your first two orders. This is the best offer that they've ever that they've ever made available anywhere. And to get it, you have to go to literati.com slash probooknerds for 25% off your first two orders. One last time, that's literati.com slash probooknerds. And people might think of, you know, you do, you know, B2B communication, you know, B2B marketing, content marketing, how is that related to books? But in reality, people who probably don't spend as much time as you and I do in this world, content marketing is really storytelling, which yeah. I imagine felt, did it feel when you were writing your book, did it feel a lot like almost creating persona marketing? Well, I think the most important thing, if I had to draw a parallel, is content marketing is all about delivering consistently valuable communication to a target audience, right? right? That's what we're trying to do. And what I realized as a fiction writer, mm -hmm. way more than a nonfiction writer, is that you have to get up every morning and do the work. I'm sure on all your interviews you hear this. Yeah. Right? It just doesn't happen. Like if you if you read what, you know, Stephen King's on writing, mm -hmm. you know, he's basically the vessel that you know, the, the character voices come through and he's he's just his responsibility is just to put it on the paper. Right. That doesn't happen unless you get up every day. Mm -hmm. and, and what I tried to do, like I do a nonfiction book, is, oh, I'm going to write an outline. I'm going to write an outline, and here's the story arc, and here's how it's going to work, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, that didn't work for fiction. It mm -hmm. didn't work for the, the mystery I was trying to write. And then finally, I just figured out, I just have to get up every morning, mm -hmm. and I have to write 500 words. Yeah. And I'm not going to leave this computer desk until I write 500 words. Mm -hmm. And when I started doing that, first of all, the first three or four days were, were terrible. I mean, yeah. they were the worst 500 words you uh -huh. can imagine. Oh, yeah. 
But then about a week went by and I started getting in a new groove. And then once, you know, three weeks later, I can't remember the day it was, but I couldn't believe it. I'd been writing for four hours straight mm-hmm. nonstop and I've got four or 5,000 words there in yeah. front of me. And I'm like, I can't believe it. Yeah. And I never realized with fiction, <clears throat> you don't know what's going to I I didn't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I remember the one time I, I was writing, I did a writing session. I came downstairs and talked to my wife and she said, how'd the writing go today? Mm-hmm. I said, you'll never believe what Will did today. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're writing this, don't you? I was like, no. Yeah. It just happened. I couldn't believe it. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you don't realize this until you actually write yeah. that these things happen. It's so funny you say that because we, um, you mentioned, we've interviewed a lot of mystery and thriller writers and um, Harlan Coben told us this last year. Right. Yeah, not only that, it's phenomenal. I, that was one of the, we were talking about events earlier. We did an event with him. Like, I just didn't feel like I needed to be there. He just could have <laughs> done the hour by himself. But um, he said exactly what you said. I asked him, I was like, well, do you know where you're going in advance? And he's like, no. And I was like, how do you do that? And he said, he tries to write his characters into a corner and then when he gets to that corner, he stops and he's like, what's, now I need to work myself back out of it. And the more people we talk to, the more people say like, yeah, no, we, you can't, if you know from a mystery or thriller standpoint, if you know where you're going, then you are already thinking about how to get out of it. But if you just get yourself to somewhere and then you, it gives you a reason to sit down the next day. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. There's, it's, it's hard to, it, it's not, there's not really a science to it from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. You have to put in the work to get to that point, to yeah. get that, that character in the corner. Uh-huh. And that's what's difficult about it. You just, it just doesn't happen. Like you don't just wake up and say, oh, I got this great idea. Yeah. It happens from putting the work in. So did you feel any similarities though between, and I know like bloggering, I'm the same way, you know, you, you read an 800 word blog. It's a little bit different, but did you feel any similarities between putting this story down and any form of like content marketing stuff that you were working on in the past or did it feel completely foreign? No, parts of the, parts of the process. Mm -hmm. I mean, tell the storytelling was different. Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. non, I don't want to say nonfiction writing is easy. Yeah. But if I'm just trying to tell you how to do something, Mm -hmm. okay, here's how you build a buyer persona. Right. I'm just, I'm just telling you how to do it. Yeah. But if I wanted to take you to a place that you've never put, put, have you put yourself into a character Mm -hmm. shoes. That's much different storytelling. But from the process standpoint, especially the editing process, so similar. Because you don't realize that. I mean, and I said this in, I think, every one of the marketing books I wrote, is editing is so critical and we think that, okay, we write a thousand words and Mm -hmm. we're done. Well, that thousand words probably should be 600. Yeah. But we don't realize that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, the original Will to Die manuscript was 106,000 words. Mm -hmm. And now it's 85,000. Yeah. And probably could, I probably could cut a little bit more if I wanted to, Mm -hmm. because you don't realize how much of that unnecessary, because you you want the minimal amount of work to words to make the maximum amount of experience for your customers. Yeah. We've had so many people tell us, so many authors that like being a writer isn't the writing process, being a writer and an author is the editing process and not feeling like every word you've written down is like something to be cherished. Like you have to be able to let go of it and say like, okay, I've got an editor who's telling me I need to chop 20,000 words and here's the places. Like it's, you have to learn to realize that your first draft is just that it's, it's a first draft. And that's where you need an editor. That's really going to give you the Mm -hmm. truth. Like I've had, I had a couple editors work in the process, thankfully. 
and they were truthful. They said, Joe, this is a great little story, totally unnecessary. Yeah. This is a great, told, you're making this way too complex. Uh-huh. You don't need to do that. And of course, as a writer, you're like, oh, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I had it. Yeah. Because you really do think, this is the terrible thing about writers. You really do think that that manuscript is perfect. Oh, yeah. It's like, this is it. Uh-huh. I don't think we need any major editing. Just check my commas and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> make, sure, make sure my tenses are right. And then it, yes, exactly. Then it comes back and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. what did I do? This is nothing that I imagined. So uh, I love, um, I think one of the things that made me like, laugh a lot when I was looking at stuff about the book, like so I read the book, loved it. And then I was like, I want to see what other people think. So I went on the Goodreads page. Yeah. First off, recognizing names that I know in the marketing world, which I love. But then all of them who clearly have like some sort of relationship with you being like, well, I was skeptical that he couldn't <laughs> write prose. Like, I just love that people would be like, listen, I know Joe. And I can't, like that. What, so when you decided to write this, like you said, you, you, you talked about your wife's idea of like, when you're telling you know, your friends and your, your people that you've worked with for years, you're like, I'm going to write a novel. Like, what was the reaction? Oh, sure you are. <laughs> sure, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I'm lucky because, you know, we, we sold Content Marketing World. My wife and I, we own the business and we're in a really good financial position that I could do things like mm-hmm. take some time and just write and yeah. not have to worry about income coming in. So that's where... You know, when I'm talking to my friends, they're like, oh, yeah, sure. You can just do whatever you – you can do whatever you want, yeah. Joe. It's like, go out. Sure, go write write another book and uh-huh. something about that's not marketing. So from that standpoint, but it has been – like, you know Andrew Davis. Mm-hmm. Andrew Davis is a good friend of mine, one of the greatest marketing speakers out there. I couldn't believe it. He called me, and he said – I had really low expectations of this because <laughs> yeah. you know, you're in a whole new area. Mm-hmm. Writing a mystery is different than writing a marketing book. And he said, but I couldn't believe it. First of all, it's an edge of your seat thriller, mm-hmm. which is great. And second of all, I actually learned about marketing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a marketing model in there. Right. So if you're, yeah, if you're just a regular reader, you mm-hmm. wouldn't pick up on these things. Yeah. But if you're a communication specialist, you'll start to pick up on the some of the things there. through it that, you know, so he called it a marketing thriller. I'm mm-hmm. like, is that a thing? Like, can you call is something can something be a marketing book and a thriller at the same time? I don't know. Well, I mean, I think though that's one of the you know, one of the reasons I love watching you speak and I love going to content marketing world here. It was like there is a in addition to content marketing being about storytelling for the end user for the person you're trying to reach. Really, the only difference to me between novels and and you know content marketing is like. You want to draw people in and give them a reason to read what you're doing in both situations. And then content marketing, you just want to also give them a call to action at the end. Or it's like, you finish a book. It's a slightly different. You want to just have them have that experience. But when you're presenting from a marketing standpoint, it almost is like a, a thriller of a situation. Like, I don't want to sit down at a presentation at Content Marketing World or anywhere and have someone say, here's what I'm going to talk about. And then they talk about it and yeah. there's nothing like... It's more, it's not just the things you take away from a learning standpoint. You want to be entertained. It's an important part. Well, but the, the other thing is, you, and you talked about the similarities, and this, this is what I thought of when you said that. In nonfiction and fiction, so it's, it's my speaking versus writing this book, it's really all about emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're getting to yeah. is you can't just inform. Mm-hmm. You have to inform and entertain. And yeah. to really, if you want a behavior change, you know, mm-hmm. people don't make a behavior change rationally. Exactly. They do based on their heart, mm-hmm. not on their mind. And, and I think that's the similarity is. And mm-hmm. a lot of people think when they create business communications, it's like, oh, we have to be real formal. Yeah. We have to, 
No, you really don't. Right. What you really want to do is you want to tug at their heartstrings. And I don't care if you sell semiconductors. Yeah. It's the same thing because what you're trying to do is solve somebody's pain point. Like, yeah. They want to live a better life, get a better job. Mm-hmm. That's what you're communicating to them. Yeah. Somebody who's reading a mystery book, they want to be entertained. They want to be taken away from mm-hmm. the, the life that they're leading or, or, right. or the mundane or, the, or, or just experience something mm-hmm. different. So that's all. You're trying to take them someplace where they're not. Well, not only that, it's you know, you're trying to stand out in a crowd that is overpopulated in both situations. Like with us, you know, we have our app Libby and I told you my job is consumer marketing. So yeah. I need to find a way to get people's attention long enough to download this book, this app about reading books and listening to books. And it's like, yeah, I can tell you, you can get free books and audiobooks, or I can tell you a story about a person who is in chemotherapy and is using those eBooks to pass the time because they can't get to a library. Yeah. It's the same thing with your book. Like you can tell someone like, yeah, I've got a mystery thriller. And like, all right, Joe, great. But yeah. like, no, no, no. It's a mystery thriller where there's a, a situation with a funeral home and there's, this small town where there's racism and there's stuff going on. Like, you have to do the same thing. You got to give them reasons. You got to draw them in a little bit. Did you see the, the, the storytelling MRI machine example? Have you seen this? No, I haven't it, seen that one. It's fascinating. It's, it's, it's sort of relevant to what you're saying. Yeah. But, you know, kids, don't, they don't want to go into an MRI and get that loud sound. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. But what they do, they have different um, stories played out. So you can have, like, there's one, like, a zoo adventure. Uh-huh. And there's one, so everything's painted. Yeah. The MRI machine, they're going into the world of, oh, of a, the Jungle Book or whatever like that. And they've got different ones. Yeah. And they'll take them in and they'll ju- they're telling them a story mm-hmm. the whole time. It's fascinating yeah. because the kids are excited to go in there. Oh, and usually they're scared to death. It's that, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. We don't have to do the same old, same old. Right. You so, can take a risk. Um, okay, so that's a really good point. You mentioned, you know, I, I talk about all the stuff that you do. And you, you said, like, you know, I, you have, you're fortunate you have a ton of time to write this book. But for people who are familiar with you, you still do – you send out an e- email newsletter every other week. I think actually – I, think, I, I, I think I got it this morning yeah, like, right exactly. before you got here. Yep. You do a podcast. You are staying in the world of, of marketing. And you're not only are you staying in the world and, like, keeping up, but you're providing great examples and ideas and things for people. So how do you – and this is the same thing in the book world too. Like, how do you keep up with everything? Like, do you ever feel overwhelmed, especially as a person who, again, if someone's familiar with you, they they see you and they're like, "That's Joe Pelosi." I want to ask him a marketing question. Like, do you feel like you have to know everything in this? No, 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 absolutely mm-hmm. not. And because, and look, I still keep up with marketing because I have the marketing podcast, this old, this old marketing podcast, yeah. so I have to keep up with that. But I don't know everything. Like, somebody asked me, I did. Um, I was at the Hudson Library, uh-huh. Hudson, Ohio Library. And I was not doing the will to die pitch. I was doing a, it was a content ink pitch as yeah. one of my other books. So I was giving the speech on that. Somebody raised their hand and said, Joe, what about artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and content and how that's going to, and I, I flat out said, there are 10 people in the world that are smarter than me at that question. Yeah. And if you want to know it, I will forward you to them. <laughs> I don't want to answer that because yeah. I'll be wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't even want, if it's, if it's about something else, yes, I might mm-hmm. be able to answer that. Uh, it's, you know, it's about what do I enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. What am I good at? Where am I going to make a difference in the world yeah. to, to people? So, like, I decided to, like, why do a newsletter? There's a thousand newsletters mm-hmm. out there. I thought I had some things to say that could help people. Yeah. And the relationships that I've built with my subscribers mm-hmm. have been amazing. Because yeah. they'll write back and they'll say, I'm really going through this, Joe. And... You know, thanks for this. I really needed this today. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the stuff that, you know, we're all just trying yeah. to 
you know, if you can impact somebody for five minutes, mm-hmm. then, you know, you might make their day, week, yeah. or year. You never know. And just, you know, and I've got two teenage boys right now. And mm-hmm. I got, you know, two years until they'll be out of the house. And yeah. So that, do, I work at weird times. Uh-huh. Like, I'll be up in the morning, I make the kids lunch, we sit at the table before they go off to school mm-hmm. so I can have that. And then I'll do a little bit of work and then, you know, maybe we'll do some orange effect work and I'll do some fundraising for that. The kids get home, hang out with them a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's really about, I am a huge believer in, in the marketing world and also in the book world. Like, you're making these human connections, whether it's for 30 seconds in a commercial or eight hours while someone's reading your book. Like, you want to give them a reason to want to connect with you. And I think, you know, your story does that because it's, it does make you want to keep turning the next page. It does make you want to learn about Sandusky, Ohio, which for people who might recognize that, that's where Cedar Point is. I probably should have said that. Right in the middle of Ohio on Lake Erie. Yeah. I I should, the people are probably like, that sounds familiar. I wonder why it's it's where Cedar Cedar Point is. Or Tommy Boy. Or Tommy Tommy Boy, Boy. yeah. But it is a very small town feel. About 20,000 people. Yeah. And Mm so, I mean, I grew up in Lorraine, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I I think we've like narrowed down (laughs) the audience to like one point, like 0.1% of the people who are like, I know those two places. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of reading thrillers and stuff. Like, what are some of the types of books that you read when, are, do you focus on nonfiction stuff or are you a big, I totally mix it up mm-hmm. and, uh, I've, I, there's not many books that I don't appreciate yeah. for a, my guilty pleasure is the thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love Jack Reacher. So oh, yeah. I'm a Lee child fan. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Um, I, I love the fact that Jack Reacher is indestructible. Mm-hmm. But Jack Reacher was probably the reason why I created Will Pollitt, mm-hmm. because Will Pollitt is totally, he's got so yeah. many problems, he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And that's what I want. I wanted a realistic hero, mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, I like David Baldacci. Um, I don't read a lot of Patterson, but I've read some of But yeah. th- those are the kinds of thrillers that I like. Love Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. I'll read it. I just read Talking with Strangers. Yeah. Um, outliers, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I love Seth Godin from a marketing standpoint. I just love the way that he writes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll read anything in this. I mean, On Writing by Stephen yeah. King. That's that's the book that helped me get to this point. Mm-hmm. So I like to mix it up, read a little bit of everything, yeah. and I read. The, I still read the paper every morning, mm-hmm. um, trying to keep up on what the heck's going on in the world. <laughs> and and you do get. I mean, you get a lot of ideas from mm-hmm. from that as well. And when I read the paper or read these books. Then I'll, I got my little, you know, see, I've got my orange notebook Absolutely. and I'll write it. I'm okay. I got to put that in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Like for example, Colin Kaepernick just started a publishing company. Yep. I just put that in the newsletter. Saw, yeah. And I said, and I liked his mission and it's for whatever you think, Colin Kaepernick, I like what, I like what he's trying to do mm-hmm. because he's trying to take people that don't have a voice and help give them a voice. Yeah. And who's not for that? Absolutely. Everybody's for that. Yeah. So I just, I wanted my audience to know, Hey, this stuff is going mm-hmm. on. So I, I got an email from somebody on mm-hmm. that. Maybe it was can't remember what it was. I'm like, oh, got to tell my audience yeah. about that. So I just, I just enjoy it. And yeah. then and what's, what's great about it is the, because of the way we can communicate today in social media, I know a lot of people use it in the wrong way, but if you use it in the right way, man, you just you create relationships with people mm-hmm. that you never thought were possible. I yeah. mean, some of the readers that I'd never met before for The World to Die, they just they absolutely loved it. They loved the funeral home angle. And... They're like we're e- like we're email buddies. Yeah, like, <laughs> isn't that the best? Like, it's I, just sure. There's so there's so many authors who we we do a lot of phone interviews just because people live in you know the UK or wherever they're at. Yeah, and so we'll I'll have never met them in person, and we'll 
have a you know conversation like this and we'll form a little friendship and then next thing I know I'm getting like direct messages from them being like did you see this thing like well we're just friends we've never seen each other in person because just I, social media does provide a great way to connect with people and also obviously market to people as well but um I got a good leech out for you sorry when we're done oh, recording sweet. by the way yeah. uh okay so towards the end of our conversations we like to ask nine questions we call them the nerd nine I like alliteration. Oh, nerd nine. I used to call it, I used to say that these were rapid fire, and I, I got so many emails from people being like, "You get off on tangents, please stop calling them rapid fire." They're not like I've never <laughs> like they, there's a few things that our listeners will get real sassy about, and that happened to me one of them. Well, I can't do anything. Ra- as people know by listening to this, yeah. I can't do anything rapid fire. Oh, so. I'll just go on and ramble forever. Yeah. Well, I get excited. Like you said, you mentioned Tommy Boy. Like in my mind, I was like, I want to just start quoting Tommy Boy now. I'm like, that's not for anybody but the two of Every us. Every time so. I and it wasn't in Tommy Boy here, another tangent, but I just did the fat man in a little, little coat. coat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every time with Chris Marley. Yeah, I just 100%. Uh, all right, so the first one of these is, uh, what's the last book you finished reading? Uh, to- probably Talking with Strangers. Just mm-hmm. finished it. Malcolm Gladwell. Nice. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite place to read? Uh, place to read? Well, I prob- probably airplanes. Yeah. Because I, I, not as much as I used to, but I used to do 40, 50 speeches a year. So yeah. I'm on a plane. I had status. I'm on a plane all the time. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. And by the way, I do have a Kindle. No problem yeah. with that. But uh, I like paper. Oh, yeah. I, for sure. I like taking one or two books with me. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is the way it is. I'll always be that way. I just yeah. like reading a book. You mentioned writing. I actually, that's on planes is where I get most of my writing done because I purposely will not connect to the internet. I'll just have my computer. It's a great way to like do force it. Force you to sit there. Absolutely. Do you remember the book that sort of made you fall in love with reading as a kid? Um. No, I have to amend that uh-huh. because the book that changed my life yeah. was Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. Okay. Uh, and I was, didn't read it as a kid. I think I wrote it as a teenager, yeah. which is a little bit racy for a teenager. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely, there's a part, and I'm going to get off another tangent. No, there's a part in that book where Valentine Michael Smith, he'd never kissed a woman before, and he kissed one of the the women that were there and she passed out mm-hmm. and Jubal Harshaw his caretaker comes over to the woman and says why did you pass out when Michael kissed you he says he was totally focused on just kissing me he mm-hmm. wasn't gonna go to the next step the next level he wasn't looking to, to do anything else all he was doing was kissing me and the focus and passion of that was so strong mm-hmm. I passed out and for some reason, mm-hmm. I'll never forget that because yeah. that's all about focus. I mean, not just kissing. It's all about focus and passion. Yeah. And if you put your mind to something mm-hmm. and you really focus on it, mm-hmm. you can be great. It's so, so funny. To a lesser extent, I tell people all the time, like, the reason I love doing this podcast is, yeah, we'll end the recording and I'll post it and then we'll have, you know, thousands of people here. Like, but for this, like, 45 minutes, it's just us having a connection talking about things like it's the exact same like i feel that on a like a cellular level where it's like there's being so focused on one thing to a you know to a slightly different extent but yeah that's that's amazing well then the thing is you know, most people are you know jack of all trades master of none mm-hmm. which is fine if you get to a certain level in yeah. life but if you're really trying to be successful mm-hmm. and this is the true with marketing as you know it's yeah. like be great at one thing yeah. to one audience like be really fo- you don't have to do a podcast and video series and instagram and all these things mm-hmm. at once 
what you really need to build an audience is do one thing really well and yeah. deliver consistently over a long period of time mm-hmm. and you'll be successful. It's like glad it's glad well it's ten thousand hours, like focus on that one thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you mentioned you travel a lot, but one of these questions is what's one place you like to travel that you have not yet been to? Uh, where I have not yet been to. Mm-hmm. Well, I would have said Sicily, but mm-hmm. I just took uh, you know one of those lifelong trips with my father to yeah. Sicily, which was the greatest thing That's ever. Amazing. So that one, and but I would probably say uh, Budapest. Nice. I've I've I've, always, I've heard great things about it. Mm-hmm. I've seen some movies, of course, yeah, <laughs> as well. But I probably would like to to go to to Budapest, and I'd all I probably would also like to go to Japan at some point. My son just went to Japan. Oh, nice. And uh, and I and he just absolutely loved it, mm-hmm. and he wants to go back. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe in a couple of years we'll yeah. we'll go back together. There you go. Uh, do you have a favorite holiday to celebrate? Uh, <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was Groundhog Day. <laughs> I, uh, Great I, movie. Probably Mother's Day because I was born on Mother's Day. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, that's a twofer. There you go. I was like, I, I was talking to my mom. I'm like, I gave you the best Mother's Day <laughs> present ever. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, are you a coffee person or a tea person? Coffee, all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I could go see something. You're marketing and writing books. Like, that's, you're in the coffee world. That's the one thing I won't, I won't get rid of. I, yeah. have a lot of I, have, I don't have a lot of vices, but coffee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cats or dogs? Uh, you know, I'm not a big, big pet person, mm-hmm. but I did have a cat and not a dog. Because, okay. But everyone thinks I'm crazy because all my friends have dogs. Well, listen, the only reason I ask is my co-host Jill is a... She would call herself a crazy cat lady. She's got a couple of cats. I have two dogs. So this is like our lifelong struggle and people get real heated about like I I did a whole episode when she was gone by myself of uh, just like books about dogs. And then she proceeded to do one about cats. Oh my and, gosh. Like, we got like hate mail from me for some reason. <laughs> people are much more uh, are much more defensive about being a cat person than being oh, a dog. Okay. No, when we were I, I when I was at Bowling Green my last couple of years, we lived in a trailer mm-hmm. and one of our friends had a cat but yeah. didn't wasn't allowed the cat in their apartment and you could do anything in our trailer yeah. I mean, this is a horrible trailer oh, yeah. and uh, it was so Petey the cat mm-hmm. Petey the cat stayed in our trailer for two years and that yeah. was our cat and we loved Petey and, that's amazing you know, yeah uh, if what's your favorite food favorite food um, I would man probably the normal stuff I like I like Ameri- good old American food pizza and mm-hmm. burgers uh, a, a good uh, good teriyaki dish yeah. from an Asian place would be fantastic. Yeah, I I don't uh, I'm not a big eater though. Mm-hmm. Like I don't li- I, like I enjoy going out to dinner and yeah. stuff, but I would I'd rather have a drink. That's fair. <laughs> um, all right, favorite drink then? I'll just do an audible. What's favorite? Oh, I I do enjoy. I mean, if you're saying have whatever you want, I probably would get a Tito's and tonic. Okay. Be my my thing, but yeah. I, I do enjoy a beer on occasion as right. well. So, uh, last one of these: if you could have dinner with one person, all ever dead, who would you pick? Well, uh, besides Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, which I think I, I would, I would like to sit down with Warren Buffett. Yeah. Always have, uh, but probably be just because I'm amazed by what's going on in the man's world. It's probably Jeff Bezos. I would like yeah. to sit down with Jeff Bezos and just figure out and it's probably because of the way that he started mm-hmm. and he had this huge vision mm-hmm. with nothing like if you people would laugh at him yeah. because he said this is what I think that we can do mm-hmm. and people would laugh at that so I mean you probably run I mean started in the book world yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's just it's just an interesting story yeah. and I think that what I like about that story and what I'd like to talk to him about is people that 
say they can't do something, they'll make an excuse for everything. Mm-hmm. And I love that example because he had no money, no resources, working out of his garage. Mm-hmm. He just had an idea. He's persistent yeah. and accomplished it. Anyone can do that. Absolutely. Anyone can be Jeff Bezos. I love that story, and I wish more people would think that way. Yeah. Take some risks. You talked to Jose. You talked about that this yeah. morning in That's your, in your newsletter. It's literally I mean, a risk-taking. Yeah, I mean, I've really been thinking about that. Am I taking I mean, I'm doing a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. am I doing enough? Yeah. I don't know. I think you have to ask yourself that. Are you doing enough to change the world? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I am. Yeah. So. Last question for you. What do you hope readers take away from reading your book? Um, well, there are a couple social, as you know, there are a couple social messages there that, uh, I didn't really plan to put in. Mm -hmm. It just sort of happened in there. So, um, I, 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 I I don't want to go too big with it. I didn't say there was a big purpose behind it. Obviously, you know, I wrote it for my wife. I wrote it as a beach read. Mm -hmm. I wrote it. Somebody could sit down five and six hours, knock this thing out and just have a truly fun wild ride. Mm -hmm with a character and a background mm-hmm. that nobody is talking about in that way. Yeah. So if you're looking for a thrill, wacky thriller in uh-huh. a different way, that's what I wrote it for. Take a break from work, take a break from maybe some things that are upsetting you, <laughs> and go get lost in the will to die. Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah. That's perfect. Joe, this was a blast. Thank you for joining me Thank today. you, Adam. It was great to be on. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.